You know, there's a saying that our religion is what we do with our emptiness. Our religion is what we do with our emptiness. The place we go to fill our deepest longings, that's our God. And I just recently heard a song, and I really liked it because it wasn't by a Christian artist, seemingly atheist or agnostic at best, but it's called We All Have a Hunger. And it's uh, this woman, she's describing her experience of how she grew older when she got into her teen years, she discovered this deep hunger within her, this emptiness, that she started to go into the world looking for something to fill it, whether it be another human being or possessions or experiences. And her conclusion is very powerful. She says, we never found the answer, but we knew one thing. We all have a hunger. So that's, that's actually one of the greatest proofs of God in itself that nothing in this world can satiate the hunger that we always have for more. It's one of the most fundamental experiences of human life. To be human is to live with an insatiable thirst always for more, that nothing can seem to satisfy. And that's actually what gives rise to our experience of love. Love is always the attraction to something outside of myself, that I'm drawn to unite myself with because I believe that in this other, I'll find a satiation to the deep hole within me. They say that nature abhors a vacuum. So does the human heart. And the poverty in our hearts is always crying out for an answer. But so often it's an emptiness we can't seem to find the answer to. As she said in the song, we never found the answer, but we knew one thing. We all have a hunger. I don't know if you've had that experience where you're like you're really hungry at home and you keep opening up the fridge or like the cupboards, like the same fridge over and over again, hoping that you'll find something that wasn't there before that will actually meet what you're looking for. And you're always disappointed like every time we're surprised that we can't find it for some reason. But that can be an image of life. We're always going outside of ourselves, looking for something to satiate the, de- the deepest longings within us. Well, the difference between a Christian and an atheist is the place where we go to satisfy that emptiness within us because they offer two different answers. The answer that the world tries to offer us is immediate satiation. To take control of the emptiness within me by getting exactly what I want, when I want it, how I want it. The world tells us if you just get everything that you desire, then you can be happy, right? You can finally set your heart at rest. But we all know that's a lie for the simple reason that whatever we get when we desire it, the next thing that we ask is, well, what's next, you know? And it's like when you're on a diet. It's like you you see that cookie, and that cookie's just like looking at you, like winking, like the most seductive thing of your life. And it's just saying, saying, "If if you only eat me, if you only have me, then you'll be happy. You'll finally be at rest. We give in to the temptation, and what do you feel afterwards? Emptiness and disappointment that you gave into the temptation. And so there's another song called Love Told a Lie. It's really beautiful. It's, just, well, it's tragically beautiful. This woman, she's, just, she's uh, singing about, love told me that if I, if I went into a relationship with you, if I got you, then I could finally be happy. 
My heart would finally be at rest and my love could change you and we could finally find that peace and joy in this life that I've always wanted. But love told a lie because I got you and I got none of that with it. And that can be our experience in the things of this world. The world tells us, all creatures tell us that if only you get me, then I can make you happy. I can satisfy that, in, that desire within your heart, that emptiness. And then we get it, and we realize love told a lie, because I'm still hungry. I still haven't found the answer. So the, the love of this world lies because it promises to fill our emptiness, but it can't do it. That's what Jim Carrey, his whole story is now. You know, he used to be an incredibly famous actor and comedian, one of the richest um, and most famous actors out there. And he said, uh, his most famous quote now is, I wish that everybody could get rich and famous and answer all the dreams that they ever had so that they could realize that it's not the answer. It's not the answer because it doesn't work. So what? That's the world's answer to our problems. Just satiate your longings and you'll be happy. What's God's answer to our emptiness? God transforms our emptiness into an encounter with himself. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. That's the whole work of the Holy Spirit. Because only God knows how to fill our emptiness because he's the one that put it there. When God created us, it's as if he created a deep hole within every one of our hearts so that no matter what we tried to go after in the world, realizing that nothing was ever enough, we'd soon enough turn back to him. That longing would continually bring us back to heaven because nothing else would put us at rest here on earth. That's St. That's Augustine's whole experience. You made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. It's like one of the most romantic lines, right? Well, that's, that's what's behind every drug addict and every alcoholic and every person seeking one rush after another, one marriage after another, one relationship after another, one experience after another. It's that restless heart within us that's never satiated with where we're at, that's always longing for more and new and better. It's a curse. It's also the greatest blessing when we find the answer to it. So our emptiness in life has the possibility to become the greatest place of encounter with God. That's why Jesus says in the gospel, I will send the Holy Spirit to be with you always. He will remain with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And the word that he uses for the Holy Spirit is so profound. He calls him the paraclete. In, in Greek, pada, it's two words, para kaleo. Para means to hover around. Kaleo means to cry out or to groan. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is the gift sent by Christ to meet us in the emptiness of our own hearts, of our lives, the places within us that groan and cry out for something more. That's the very place that God comes to encounter us in our poverty. And that's why our poverty is actually the greatest gift that we have to encounter God. You know, saints was once asked, why is it that you're so holy? And he says, because I am poor and because I suffer. And God has saved me through that. 
So the more poor we are, the more we suffer, we actually have a much higher potentiality to experience the, the presence of God saving us in the midst of that. That's why the saints actually prayed for suffering. They wanted to suffer because it took them deeper and deeper into their sonship, their absolute dependence upon the presence of the Father. But there's also a great temptation in our suffering that every single one of us faces, and that's to act like an orphan. So an orphan does not know the love of a father. The orphan does not know what it means to be cared for by another. So an orphan, when it experiences poverty and emptiness and instability, it must take control because no one else is taking control of him. And that's also the great temptation that our sufferings always push, push us into, our emptiness to fill it by my own means. That's, that was the essence of the devil's temptation in the garden, right? To make Adam and Eve eat from the tree. God knows well that when you eat from this tree, you'll become God like him, knowing right from wrong. In other words, God's not, God knows that you need this. He doesn't care. He's not here. So if you really want to be happy, you have to take the fruit for yourself. So being an orphan often has this, this component of grasping for myself to fill the emptiness within me rather than being totally receptive. I just saw a, a, a movie not too long ago, Ben Affleck. Always see a Ben Affleck movie, can't go wrong. Um, it's called The Way Back. It's pretty powerful. It's a, uh, actually a really good sports movie. And he was an incredible basketball player, went to a Catholic school, and then... Uh, you see him at the beginning of the film, though, and he's in the shower, and he's drinking. And then you see him at work, and he's drinking. Then you see him coming home to an empty, empty house, and again, he has that beard, and he's just drinking. So the whole day, he's just numb. Well, you come to find out that he was married, and he had a, a child, and at nine years old, the child died of cancer. That, that saying, our religion is what we do with our emptiness. So to cope with the pain that he was going through, he just started drinking more and more and more. So in a sense, like the alcohol became his religion. The bar was his church. He'd go to every single day. He'd go back to that bar. Bartender was his priest. He'd give him what he needed. And the beer became his God. It was the place he kept going over and over again to fill the emptiness, the pain that was within him. But instead of making him better, all it did was destroy his, his health, destroy his heart. It was destroying his marriage and was destroying his future. So our emptiness, our poverty, our suffering, it's the most sacred place within us, but it's also the most dangerous place within us because it's what we do with that emptiness that, dis, that determines who we become. And what Christ is saying in this, by calling the Holy Spirit the paraclete, the one who comes down upon our growing, our groanings, our poverty, saying, when you bring your emptiness to me, when you bring your hunger, when you bring your unsatisfied desires to me, that's going to become the very place that I reveal myself to you. But it's very hard because it means enduring the pain of the poverty. Oftentimes, the reason it's so easy to grab a beer or to go sexual experiences or to fill it up with um, jobs or clothing, whatever, you know, is your temptation, it gives a, an immediate satiation, right? So you don't have to feel the pain of the emptiness or watching TV all the time. 
That's why people are getting more and more obsessed with television. You don't have to think about yourself. But what happens when it goes off? What happens after the fact? It's in intense emptiness. But if you enter into the loneliness, into the hunger that's in our hearts, and we invite God to find us right there, he reveals his face. That's where the Holy Spirit reveals the face of Christ. And that's where I learn to surrender myself to him. The question we can ask ourselves is, where is the poverty in my life right now? Where is my emptiness? And where am I going to find the answer? Our religion is what we do with our emptiness. That's what we do at every Mass in our religion. We lay upon the altar the emptiness of bread and wine. It means nothing. It has no power to save anybody. And yet it's that emptiness of the bread and the wine that groans out to God to be filled by the Holy Spirit, to be transformed into communion. And when we, re we receive the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, when we take that into ourselves, then we too can be enabled to enter into that same place within our hearts to have God find us there and transform our deepest hungers into a place of communion.